Hey cousins, welcome to Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. Welcome cousins to this episode of Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. Join me for a quick one or get a, grab a glass of water. I got on my party shirt today, so we're going to talk about the Olympics in Tokyo. Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas is intended for the participation of responsible adults of legal drinking age who wish to engage in substantive virtual discussions and social drinking for entertainment purposes only. Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas does not advocate the abuse of alcoholic beverages. Choosing to participate in any of the drinking activities shared in the program should be made with moderation and caution and is the sole responsibility of the user. So cousins, the Olympics in Tokyo is occurring and I for one am happy that they're here. They started off as the 2020 Olympics and if you notice, just by coincidence, it's 2021. We all know the reasons why. And in fact, COVID is still with us. So cousins, we still need to be mindful. So much so in Japan that there'll be no spectators. I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for the athletes. But for those of us who've been watching sports without any athletic or any participation, I think we'll manage through it. Aside from which, the Olympics doesn't come along very often. And you think about the Summer Olympics, which I enjoy tremendously, is that you figure recently we had, what, the 20, 2016 Olympics in Rio de Janeiro, beautiful place, 2012 in London, excellent, Beijing hosted in 2008. We actually had Athens going back to 2004, Sydney, Australia in 20, 2000, and of course, good old Atlanta GA in 1996. Just a brief history for you. So within that, cousins, it's time for us to get a chance to enjoy the athletes. Let me salute the athletes now, and I'm going to salute them again because they deserve it. So, cousins, let me give you a brief history, a couple of little background I've researched uh, prior to this. And as always, the details of the sources of information I provided are in the notes and descriptions of the, of the text. But there was a fellow by the name of Pierre de Copestre. Cobertin, Pierre de Cobertin, was French, so probably my French uh, translation on his name, and he was the person who was most credited with establishing the modern Olympics. Of course, as we all remember, the Olympics started back in Athens or in Greece back in uh, antiquity, and in fact, at those points in time, which I think is important for us to keep in mind, cousins, the Olympics occurred every four years between the various activities, I believe it was every four years, and they would actually, in some instances, stop wars in order to hold the games, of which then all the athletes contributed and participated. Now, of course, it was a little bit different back then because I understand they were all men participating. And if my history serves me, all the athletic games were performed anew just to make sure and I don't know, whatever. But, you know, everything was a beautiful thing. And so, cousins, as we look forward to the Olympics we're going to be experiencing and are experiencing in Tokyo, I contend that that same magic of nations coming together with the best athletes they have to, to provide from their countries is magical and a wonderful thing. Aside from which, cousins, I think it offers us a great model of our world and of our country. You look at who's participating, look at the athletes, look at those representing who? The USA. Cousins, can't we all be happy about that and supportive and totally engaged? Because first of all, I hope we're sitting over a great team. I hope we're going to get a lot of medals. But not to mention, it also gives us a, a sign, if you will, of how much competition there is in the world. And we're certainly going to be experiencing, or the athletes are, during this period of time. So, one of the other aspects that's kind of important, because let me kind of bring out to you, is that uh, when Colberton, 
okay, Pierre de Coubertin, was going his work, he helped to create the Olympic symbol, you know, the five rings, as well as the flag. That goes back to like, what, 1913. And what happened is that I thought it was very significant because the way it did it, he denoted the five rings as representing the five continents in the world, each one represented by the color. The other little tidbit I didn't know is that the white background of the flag symbolized that you took those color combinations with white, it represented all the flags in the world in 1913. I didn't know that. I thought it was kind of interesting that he had that much vision and perspective in order to make sure that everybody had a touch point. Well, gee, cousins, isn't that what we're really trying to do? Did everybody have a touch point? Hey, I think it was a beautiful concept. I think that was a good idea, cousins. So the other thing to just kind of bring up for you is that the Olympic oath, which was first taken in the 20, 1920 Olympics in, uh, in Amsterdam by Victor Boten, I believe his name, B-O-I-N. He was a Belgian fencer. He actually delivered the first oath of the athletes. And so the oath for the Olympians and for the athletes has changed over time. Let me just give you a perspective on that, because you'll, in fact, we saw in Tokyo, maybe you didn't pay attention to it, but a coach, a, an official, and an athlete all take the oath, if you will, as representative of all the athletes who are participating. So let me, let me read to you that oath, because I think it's kind of significant and really worthwhile. It goes through, in the name of the athletes, in the name of the judges, or in the name of the coaches and officials, we promise to take part in these Olympic Games, respecting and abiding by the rules and in the spirit of fair play, inclusion, and equality. Together, we stand in solidarity and commit ourselves to sport without doping, without cheating, without any form of discrimination. We do this for the honor of our teams, in respect for the fundamental principles of the Olympians, and to make the world a better place through sport. Cousins. <laughs> Isn't that a great concept? And knowing that all those young people and the coaches and everybody's are pursuing the athletic competition in that manner and spirit, that's fantastic. Here's to them. So we look at that. And so I ask you and I offer to you cousins, I'm sure you're enjoying it. I'm sure you're enjoying it, hopefully supporting the USA. But then are you enjoying your favorite sports that are being televised? Okay, not only your favorite sports, but maybe you have a favorite athlete. You know, there's a lot of favorite athletes out there, both from the United States and from other countries. And the stories of these athletes is really amazing. I would also offer you just a little bit of perspective for those because it's a little younger. There was a point in time where we in the United States where we poo-pooed and shunned having athletes being developed and worked at really young ages. Well, I would contend now as you start looking at it, the development of all the athletes that are there, uh, that performance levels or those capabilities and the science and all the nutrition and the techniques are actually occurring at very young ages. In fact, for the gymnasts, it's almost like if you're 25 as a gymnast, you're almost too old. Isn't that amazing? Okay. Being a little bit older than 25 myself, how about you, cousin? All right. Well, you start thinking about that, that you know, all this is coming together. And these people have dedicated, these young people have dedicated hours and hours and hours of time trying to perfect their skills to get as good as they can, regardless of the sport competition. 
go from the team sports of basketball and baseball to wrestling to fencing to the various aquatic sports, not only in the pool, but the sailing. I mean, it's just, just fantastic. Track and field being one of my favorites and, of course, gymnastics. So you start looking at this, Cousins, and you say, gee, isn't this amazing how the world's coming together in order to have this competition? It represents more countries than the Winter Olympics, unfortunately, because just look at the demographics of where people live in the world. There's more people living around the equator than you know, further away. But, you know, but that's okay. Winter Olympics are great too. But the Summer Olympics to me has the essence of what we're really looking for and what really the competition is on a global basis and a model, if you will, about how we can all kind of work together and get along a lot better. Because when you think about it, sports is supposed to be a meritocracy. If you run faster, you jump higher, you swim faster, you swim longer, whatever, your, whatever the performance measurement of your sport is, you're supposed to win. And to that, Cousins, I hope you agree with me that we want the best to win, but we want to be the best, right? Keep that in mind. We want the best to win, but we want to be the best. And so if you notice, Cousins, in a lot of the documentation within the oath, they're talking about more current concepts. Figure a number of years ago, doping wasn't part of the, uh, the Olympian oath. It is now. Equality and inclusion. It is now. Why? Because there were times in which the women's capabilities of women's sports, they weren't given all the same capabilities and all the same surfaces. For example, in soccer, you know, the women in soccer, they had to perform on acrylic turf where the men were performing on grass. Big difference when you're taking a fall for all you soccer fans, right? So just those kind of things, because this is why there's been changes, and I think the oath is also appropriate for our time. So enjoy the Olympics, cousins. I think that was one of the original binging, television binging opportunities. We get a chance to do it in 2021 style. And for those cousins who live in certain states and haven't been vaccinated, please go get vaccinated, cousins. I know you're tired of me mentioning this. I'm tired of talking about it, okay? But get the vaccination so we can beat this thing because as you all are hearing, there's this thing called a variant that's out there because viruses mutate and the vaccine may in fact continue working, but if we don't get a chance to fix it now, it's gonna become more difficult for us later, cousins, right? So, as Cornell Wright, the People's Lobbyist, I wanna thank you for joining me. Grab a quick one, enjoy the Olympics. We'll see you next time on Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. We are the people. Welcome to the show.